So I thought we'd talk about how democracy works, at least in America, which is something that a lot of people don't think is the case. We haven't been allowed to question whether or not it does since 2020 or so, have we? No, but actually it is working uh, because a lot of people are getting what they voted for. Uh, They don't really like what they're voting for. And I think it's appropriate that they do get what they vote for. If you vote for communism and you get a continual lowering of living standards, massive uptick of crime, a personal feeling of insecurity because of the danger of the area that you lived in, well, you voted for it. You chose that. You had one candidate that was like, look, we're going to have law and order and prosperity. And you had another candidate that was like, actually, how about race communism and make the world worse all around you? Uh, And you were like, yes, I like that one. Thank you. Uh, And so I'm actually kind of glad that you're getting a taste of what you voted for. Uh, But before we begin, uh, let's promote this from the website, which is Josh's latest contemplations of understanding Europe. Because one of the things that Americans don't realize is that Europe is actually very different to America. America famously uh, promotes itself as a social contract nation, and I think the Democrats are the worst example of what a social contract party and political project can look like. Uh, And Europe, in fact, not that way. Europe is a very old and settled place. And so when we import American ideology uh, to Europe, well, it has a lot of damaging effects. And I think it's also worth, if you're in Europe, just this is where it's going to go. You know, this is what you're importing. Uh, so let's have a look at, say, oh, Chicago. They're not happy with the immigrants. Ah, uh, I have seen clips of this, yes. Yeah, they're not happy at all. Uh, black residents of Chicago tore into city leaders at a meeting on Wednesday because the authorities were set to vote on allocating $51 million to migrant care. They realized they are no longer the primary constituency in the progressive stack. Yes, you voted for this. You God, did you vote Chicago? You certainly voted for this. Every single person here certainly voted for this, right? Uh, one person said, in fact, that black, not, not just one person, Black Lives Matter, Women of Faith founder. Wait, Women of Faith and Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter are Marxists. Sure. But Again, oh yes, of course, the current Pope. We, we, we've, we've been through this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mea <but> culpa. <laughs> Caroline Ruff, a woman who definitely voted Democrat. 100%. Probably a paid-up member of the Democrat Party. There's no way she didn't vote for this, right? She says, I understand that $51 million are gonna be voted on today, and I encourage the alderman to please vote it down because, number one, we have not opened up our schools for the homeless, for our homeless. We see them on the streets every day. Do you? I bet you bloody do, right? I make sure that the homeless are fed with clothing. Right, so there are homeless people in Chicago who are not being prioritized over migrants who have come in who are going to be getting $51 million of local people's tax money. And local Democrat is like, hang on a second, why did I vote for that? But also, why is it that Democrat cities have become flames which draw the dispossessed moths of the homeless to them? Maybe it's something to do with the policies you keep voting for. Yes. We need to take care of our community. We need to take care of our black community. We need to open up these schools for mental health, Ruff added. We have not gotten anything for our community, and we're sick and tired. Enough is enough. My sister in Christ, you voted for it. <laughs> you, you got what you wanted. You literally, this is democracy in action. And uh, then we get to um, more people who are like, hang on a second. It's actually worse than simply just giving them loads of money. Uh, they're harassing people on the streets. 
Let's watch. Many of these residents say they no longer have any tolerance for the disruptive behavior by those seeking asylum here. It's making them feel unsafe. They disrespect us, they rob us, they harass us. And their patience is wearing thin. Let me say this. They got one more time to deal with it because otherwise next time they deal with it, they're going to deal with it from the streets. We're going to take over it. Nobody's going to be able to stop us from what we're going to do to them. Much of the residents' anger was directed at city officials in attendance, including 20th Ward Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor, Chicago Deputy Police Chief Stephen Chung, and Family and Support Services Commissioner Brandy Kanazi. 90% of blacks in America vote Democrat. Hmm. It's also an all-minority panel. so you would. It is also an all-minority panel. They would all be showing solidarity. But, but it turns out that um, yeah. there so, are community tensions between different constituencies in the intersectional hierarchy. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, the, the illegals who moved to America, um, well, they harass the local population. And then they have to go to the Democrats and say, well, why, why did you bring these people into our communities? They're making us feel unsafe. Hmm. We feel like we're going to have to take direct action of our own against them. You've also, as part of Black Lives Matter, set the precedent for looting, rioting, yes. feeling that you have absolutely no tie to the place that you're currently subsisting in. And then you wonder why people that come a few years later treat your home in the exact same way that you did. Again, you sowing, this is great. You reaping, no wait, this sucks. <laughs> why did I grow this awful crop? Yeah. <laughs> But this this is New York, where uh, you have hundreds of uh, illegal aliens. Uh, it looks like a refugee camp. It looks like it does in New York. And look at the buildings that tower up above. You know, beautiful old American city. And nope, on, on Vanderbilt Avenue. Uh, no, it's just uh, loads of what appear to be African illegal immigrants waiting for free houses. Brilliant. Of course, there's conflict there. Uh, People aren't happy about this. First-generation Brooklyn immigrants were up in arms in the city hall, uh, jamming dozens of newly arrived male asylum seekers into the Sunset Park Recreation Center, saying the facility had been a beloved community staple until now. I, I do find it quite funny, though, for our audio listeners, that the thumbnail of this particular article is a lot of what looked like Chinese protesters. That's That, that would be the first-generation immigrants. Yes. I, I legal, wonder, you know, legal, oh, no, legal. hardworking. That's you know. that's 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 not what I'm I'm <laughs> I'm bringing up. Yeah, it, it could well be that they have a stake in the businesses that they have there. They Which pay they rent. Outlets do. I, I'm sure I, they do. They're, they're probably taxpayers. They're probably know, like, very industrious. <laughs> it, it also could well be that they looked at those San Francisco crime statistics and realized it might be a bit worrisome. But uh, people are really upset from the community. Said a first-generation Chinese immigrant who only gave her name as Chen. Uh, all the people from this facility uh, use this facility from the community. And so you take away all the benefit to us and give it to them. What the hell? You voted for immigrants. You, vote, you voted for Democrats. And this is what you get. You get Democrat policies. And we, I mean, you were literally warned, right? Literally, that there was some giant orange man who was saying a lot of things about this. And everyone was like, oh, no, he's a racist. Yeah, I think they've got one of his quotes on the placards there where they've literally written, you let them in, we'll vote you out. Yes, they do. I mean, that could have that could have come from Trump's mouth on the 2016 campaign trail. Yes, it could have done. Uh, right, so let's go over to Portland, where they uh, continue to vote for Democrats. Uh, the one woman uh, talks about her um, problems with Portland, actually. Oh, yes. Uh, Jennifer Merle uh, walks to work at Forte Portland, a coffee shop and wine bar that she operates with her brother, and sidesteps needles, shattered glass, and human feces. 
Often, she says, someone is passed out in the front of the lobby's door, blocking her entrance. The other day, a man lurched in, lay down on the forte couch, uh, stripped off his shirt and shoes and refused to leave. At four in the afternoon, the streets can feel like dealer central, she says. Uh, at least 20 to 30 people in ski masks, hoodies and backpacks, usually on bikes and scooters. There's no point calling the cops. This is like one, a description of one of the circles in Dante's Inferno. Yes. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. And you uh, voted for it. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. Just, just to be clear, uh, millennial women, which yes, almost all of these have been so far, uh, 70% Democrat voting. Yes. Uh, so if I'm going to characterize and stereotype uh, a Portland millennial woman who's like, I don't like this. Yeah, I'm going to guess that you voted Democrat. And you can prove me wrong, but then you'd have to come out and admit you voted for Trump. Yes. So, you know, let's be real. I know you voted for Biden, right? So, um, yeah, she carries on. Um, despite the, well, despite the street turmoil, uh, Myrtle likes to go uh, for strolls on her breaks. So at 11.30 on Tuesday morning, I walked to the block between Target and Nordstrom. In the middle of everything, she saw a woman perform, performing an act of oral sex on a man. 11.30 in the morning, middle of the street. She is keenly aware that she is witnessing a confluence of long-standing societal problems, including mental health and housing crises. Are you sure it wasn't just Pride Month? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, no, no, it wasn't, actually, I think. Uh, but the point is, look, look how she's like, oh, well, this is uh, society's fault. Like, oh, these are social issues, mental health problems. It's not their fault for being drug-addicted drug degenerates. Uh, but she does say, but it is the drugs. Yes, it is the drug. Your pathological compassion is what is allowing these conditions to yes. exist, which then allow people who are reliant on the social safety net of tradition and prohibition to fall through the cracks and hit rock bottom. Yes. Uh, as Noah Nethers says, who's another resident, Portland is a homeless drug addict's slice of paradise. <laughs> Great. Put that on the brochure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what wonderful advertisement. We've finally created Utopia, and it's a utopia for homeless drug addicts. Uh, Amazing. Uh, he was living with his girlfriend in a bright orange tent on the sidewalk against the fence of a church where they shoot and smoke both fentanyl and meth. And he's like, yeah, this is brilliant. <laughs> Wait, I, I thought this was going to be a, a, yeah, I know. a condemning statement. No, no, he's in favor. <laughs> okay. He's in favor. This is one of the beneficiaries, is it? Yep. Blimey. He ticked off the advantages. He can do oh. drugs whenever he wants and the cops no longer harass him. There are more dealers scouting for fresh customers moving to paradise. That means drugs are plentiful and cheap. Downsides, tent living is no paradise, especially when the folks in nearby tents high on meth hitting with baseball bats. <laughs> you, you have to go from like one sentence laughing to one sentence <laughs> crying. Yeah, but no, 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 no. You, you get, he's like, no, it's brilliant. I'm living in paradise. I occasionally get beaten by meth addicts, baseball bats, but otherwise I can just do drugs all day and it's wonderful. We do need to pull these people off the streets for their own good. Just... I mean, the Taliban just literally just took them off the street, shaved them, washed them, and forced them to work. Yes. So, okay, well, can you say that was wrong? No. Nope. Uh, Officer David Bauer of the Portland Police Bureau patrols downtown on a mountain bike, armed with a gun, a citation pad, and an overdose reversal drug called Narcan. He said, we cite them and give them a drug screen, screening card. Then they'll say they don't want treatment, or they'll tell us, okay, I'll call the number, and two hours later, we'll run into them again, and they're smoking and then overdosing. So, obviously, they don't want treatment. Obviously, they don't. I mean, literally, one of them calls it utopia. Paradise, sorry. But Solara Salazar... That's a villain name, if ever I've heard one. It's a Portuguese name. Same thing. Yep. Uh, a director of Silo Treatment Center says, the story out, out there is that people don't want treatment. That's simply not true. So it's like, right. So there's the woman who's the director of the treatment center, who's directly removed from the streets, who's saying, no, 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 they definitely want treatment. And then there's the police officer and the drug addicts on the streets who are like, 
they definitely don't want treatment. Okay. And so this is why this is happening. She says, I'm a direct, I'm a strong advocate for harm reduction. Uh, right. So what we need to do is make sure they've got clean needles. Yes. Make sure they don't overdose on fentanyl and that will make everything better. No, you vote for this, you get more of this, and this is what you get. Uh, the model used to be all treatment, no harm reduction, but now there's a push to all harm reduction, no treatment, uh, with no happy medium, she says. Well, there we go. What are you going to do? Well, you, would, you now have people who would have otherwise never have indulged in it if the culture wasn't as permissive also indulging in it. So the overall number of drug addicts who push against the, the permissive boundaries and get worse addictions goes up. So you're just harming more people. Yep. Right. And it becomes dangerous, obviously. I mean, this is a woman called Mary, a radiologist who lives in Portland, was attacked just randomly on the street. Uh, she was walking with a male friend. She never saw it coming. Uh, someone just literally whacked her in the face with a metal water bottle and started beating her. I saw a Daily Mail article featuring her and she genuinely said, I'm going to stop voting Republican. I yep. just advise you move. But I'm going to start yes. voting Republican. Yes. You voted for the crime. You voted for the party of crime. You literally said, I, I'm a good, compassionate person. Therefore, I think criminals are victims of society. Therefore, society is the thing that is wrong. Therefore, have you not just signed off on this? You knew I was a vicious snake before you took me in. <laughs> So uh, apparently the, the perpetrator was a nondescript white male, late 20s, early 30s, five foot ten, six foot, who ended up running away or has not been caught. So, yeah, probably a crackhead. Yeah. Shock. Undoubtedly a crackhead. Uh, anyway, so let's, uh, let's go to San Francisco, where we shall uh, see how things are going there. A series of frightening carjackings as residents of the San Francisco Bay Area demanding answers. Stephen Romo has the story and some dramatic video. A terrifying moment for a driver in Northern California's Oakland Hills playing out in just seconds. A white car swerving into the street, the driver jumping out with a gun, rushing over to the driver's side of the other car and then banging on it. <laughs> Within seconds, the woman trying to escape the armed person speeds around them. Oakland police are still investigating, but have arrested three people in connection with the attempted carjacking. So this is so common now yeah. that the gas mains workers who work for the government have started hiring off-duty police officers to stand around the construction crews because they keep being pulled up on by presumably gang members who want to steal whatever equipment they have and rob them. So but they what, can't even upgrade the infrastructure without the yeah. the population that lives there pulling guns on them. The, the feral people yeah. living there uh, attacking them. But you'll notice that this is happening to middle-class suburban women now. Yes. Right? This is the thing. The, the peak Democrat voting demographic mm. in the United States are starting to feel the pain. Yes. Like they're actually starting to get hurt yeah. from this. Uh, and I think this is finally how things will change. I mean, like, this uh, one in particular, I just thought was just, I mean, you get what you vote for. And I'll show you in a second how I know one for a fact this woman voted Democrat. But let's watch this. I'm literally shaking right now. I was just getting groceries and I live in San Francisco and I never really feel fully safe. If you live in San Francisco, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. And I just got groceries. I'm walking out of the store and this guy is walking past me and says, move, you stupid bitch. And he spits in my face, spits all over my face. And then I say, excuse me, did you just spit in my face? 
and he says, move or I'll rape you. There's also people everywhere and everyone's just walking by because they're like, I can't handle something else in San Francisco. It's always something else. I don't even know why I'm posting this. If you live in San Francisco, do you feel this way all the time? I don't feel safe ever. I literally never feel safe. It's better when it's daylight, but nighttime, no, not leaving my house. <laughs> so I don't know how you know she votes Democrat, but something- I'll show you in a minute. But something I picked up on in here, this is my suspicion. Yep. I don't think a woman with a secure relationship with a man to take care of her and fend off these types of people would be going to TikTok after a traumatic event to ask for the crowd validation of her innate instincts. Yep. Instead, she'd be calling her boyfriend slash husband to involve law enforcement or he would be with her at the time. Yes. But also, why do you live in a Democrat city that you just never feel safe in? Yes. Does, does it not occur to you? millennial white woman, uh, that perhaps you've helped bring this state of affairs about. And this is just a consistent pattern that we're seeing. And like I said, I'll show you how I know she votes Democrat. Oh. Because someone commented, well, was he black? No. It was a very well-groomed and well-dressed white man. Also, this is incredibly racist, and you will be blocked now. Goodbye. A, I don't really believe her. And B, it's incredibly racist. You'll be blocked now. She doesn't vote Trump. She's, she votes Democrat. Um, and so <laughs> I'm, I'm, again, not terribly sympathetic, but again, she did this to herself. But you can see, as soon as someone like triggers the narrative, she's literally just been spat in the face and threatened with rape. Yeah. In the middle of the day, in the middle of the city, the Democrat city in which she's supposed to live, and you know, the, the, they're supposed to be bringing about the progressive paradise on earth. And all of a sudden, oh, you said something, twang, but she's back to the United White Man. It's, it's not just that, it's the priority ranking of the trauma. Yeah. And, and this is why you can tell the former was kind of performative as well, yeah. is that all of a sudden she has switched from, from shaking in fear to condescension to uphold the, the narrative. The rating you about, like, yes. and, and her, her attitude, her face here. Yeah. Is just everything. It's just and a vicarious racial microaggression yeah. that she didn't even experience yeah. is suddenly of paramount immorality over her being assaulted and threatened with further assault. Literally. And and the the final thing I will say is um, he might have been making that remark based on the probability of the offender being of a certain demographic. However, um, my station of disbelief is not that the guy could be white; it's that he would be well groomed because we know that San Francisco that. Yeah. is a hive of drug-addicted degenerates. Yes. So I think this is just deflection by her. Th this guy just happens to be a Silicon Valley employee, you know, walking out of Meta or out of Apple or something, yeah. and he spat in her face and was like, get out of my way or I'll, you know, and, and she was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't believe that. He must have been one of those Twitter engineers that Elon Musk didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the point is, yeah, you are absolutely right. I mean, he may, he may well have been white. Yes. I don't think he was well. Uh, I don't believe her. Um, but anyway, uh, and this is just what it looks like um, to live in one of these cities now. If you're uh, a woman, actually, uh, you can get assaulted on the street. You, someone can just steal your bike and no one's going to help because this is what the social contract society that you voted for looks like. Uh, you voted for rights, not duties. And no one has a duty to help you. Call the cops. That's where the duty lies. So let's watch. Help me! 
Yeah. It's not their responsibility. This is the social contract that you keep voting for. And now you've got what you wanted. The, the Kitty Genovese case was a myth, despite being a, a persistent psychological study for, for years and years. But that's just played out in real time, of yeah. where everyone has just seen a woman terrorized and they've peeked open their curtains to watch and no one's called the police or interview. Well, let, let's walk. So, just look, there was a guy there. Just He's just walking, doesn't care. Right? The woman with two dogs, I don't expect yeah. her to. No, I don't expect her to intervene, right? The guy and his girlfriend. Yeah, the guy and his girlfriend. I mean, he looks like a pretty sturdy dude, too. Yeah. Right? But, but that guy there. But lots of... He's just, he doesn't yeah. care. He literally doesn't care. Not my girlfriend. No, no, no. If you see, he's yeah. cutting across his girlfriend to get them to cross the street to go away from it. Yeah. And there's a guy in his door, doesn't care. Yeah. Like, there are loads of men around, but it's not their responsibility. Yes. You know, you're not their responsibility. They don't care. They don't have a duty to do this. There's no right that says... You know, they have to do this and therefore they don't. And his strength is purely non-functional. It's all for show as well. There is that too, yeah. But e either way, you know, these, these you know, well-built guys in a traditional society mm. would be the first to intervene and rightly so. Mm. And then the women could actually feel safe walking around the streets. But no, they can't feel safe because why should they be able to feel safe? And at the end of the day, you got what you voted for. If you appreciated that segment from the podcast of the Lotus Eaters, you can go to lotuseaters.com to get access to all the premium content that's on the site, such as the Epoch series, this episode on Robert Walpole. If you'd like to find out what else is being put out, you can follow on Getter at lotuseaters underscore com on Getter. Thank you and goodbye.